welcome to the sweet spot sponsored by pinch a penny pool patio and spa i'm your host Corey bradley college football is here we know there were some games last week but this week is the cream of the crop type of games you got alabama miami at 2 30 on abc followed by georgia clemson two top five matchups that everyone is anticipating and has been anticipating for quite some time now so these two games are obviously going to be the highlight of today's episode so to start off with Bama, miami number one alabama the defending champions are looking for another title with nick saban at the helm he's entering his 15th season as the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. So you're looking at this matchup, number one Alabama, number 14 Miami. Bama, they have only three starters returning offensively. Only three. Mac Jones is gone. Najee Harris is gone. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell. I mean, this is a brand new offense that we just don't know what to expect yet offensively with only having three starters returning, that means they're going to have to not only figure out, okay, who's the guy running back? Well, I mean, we assume it's Brian Robinson, right? But at receiver, John Mechie is kind of the lead receiver coming back. Slade Bolden, we know what he's capable of. Uh, some of the top receivers coming in, JoJo Earl, Jai Hall. We saw some of the catches that he made in spring training or in the spring game, I should say. But who's going to be that go-to guy? I mean, you knew, okay, Let's give it to Devontae Smith. He's going to make a play. Or Najee in the backfield. Or Najee lined up out wide as we saw several times in the SEC championship game uh, in that title game against Florida where Najee Harris had a total of five touchdowns. That guy was so versatile in what he was able to do for the Crimson Tide in his four years as a member of the Alabama football team. So that's I think that's one of the biggest things that Bama will have to overcome. Obviously, having only three starters return offensively, that's a challenge. But you've got to also have to figure out who is your go-to guy, who is the number one threat that you're going to use every single possession. Who is your guy when it's third and eight, you're down six with two minutes left in the fourth. I mean – is Mechie that guy? Will he be that number one receiver that the Tide needs him to be? Or will it be somebody that I mentioned or maybe somebody that we don't know as of yet? Because, you know, even Jaleel Billingsley at tight end, he didn't really really start to come on until the last few games and you start to see them him as an option in the passing game as well. So we may not know in these first couple games, who that player is for the Crimson Tide. So I think that's something that, you know, remains to be seen, but it's going to be critical that they find who that guy is sooner than later. Then on the defensive side of the ball, you look at nine returning starters, nine returning starters. It's funny because last year everybody knew this Alabama offensive attack was one of the best that we've ever seen, right? One of the best that's ever come through, not only Tuscaloosa, but in college football, period. Now things have flipped. That offense is gone. But this defense, one of the youngest defenses last year, which 
was good enough to get them to, to, to another national championship beating Ohio State. But here it is. This defense returns nine starters. The two that are not there is Christian Barmore, who is now with the Patriots, and then Dylan Moses as well. So you have nine guys returning on one single unit. And not only are they nine guys who are coming back, but they're talented guys. I mean, you look in the secondary, Malachi Moore, Josh Job, uh, DeMarco Helms, who has contributed a lot as well. And then, you know, you're looking at the linebacker core with Henry Toto, the transfer from Tennessee, Christian Harris, of course, the former safety in high school, which, you know, you play defensive back in high school and then you play linebacker in the SEC at the next level. I mean, that only helps you in your ability to cover as you know what it's like to to cover somebody in space or just understand the basics and the nuances of what it takes to be a coverage linebacker and uh, to be contribute on that level in the defensive game. So Christian Harris, of course, you look at Will Anderson, another stud linebacker that they have, and, you know, Bama has been known for – great linebackers for years and years and years, especially under Nick Saban. But even before him, when you look at guys like Derek Thomas or uh, Freddie Roach, you know, the the Miko Ryans. I mean, there's been so many guys that's come through the Alabama-Tuscaloosa history that when they're in that, that second tier or that second level, I should say, on a defensive unit, you know those guys are going to ball out. And if you're on the opposite side of them – or the opposing, the opposition, you can't wait for those linebackers to leave. You know what I'm saying? So this is another core. This is really the heart of the defense. We know this is where it's going to start with them, and this is where it ends with them. That's why Alabama defenses have been so great because of the linebacker core every single year, every single four years that we see that Nick Saban produces down in Tuscaloosa. But you look at that front, that front unit. Uh, LeBron Ray is somebody who's been getting a lot of talk. He's from Madison, Alabama. This is a guy who has been injured the last few years. They're expecting him to make a huge leap, a huge leap, I should say, as long as he can stay on the field. Uh, I was reading an article that said if he is healthy, he's he's number one as far as NFL draft prospects on this Alabama's team, on this year's Alabama team. So that's high praise when you consider some of the guys that we've seen, some of the guys who um, who have been out there and have produced already at a high level. But they're saying this guy in particular said LeBron Ray was number one, number one on top NFL draft prospects for this year's Alabama team. So, you know, that's obviously something that remains to be seen if he will be able to stay healthy for one, but also be able to live up to the hype for the Crimson Tide this season. Now, when you look at the Hurricanes, obviously everything begins with De'Eric King, the star quarterback. Um, And this is a dude who makes so many plays with his arm. He makes so many plays with his feet. You know, it started his career at Houston and was great at Houston. And then, you know, after, I guess, kind of maybe a falling out with Dana Holgerson, the new head coach in Houston, who came from West Virginia, he decided to transfer to Miami. So last year, his first year, he threw for 244 passing yards per game, 49 rushing yards per game. But then in the Cheez-It Bowl against Oklahoma State, he tore his ACL. So that's the biggest question is he healthy? Is he going to be the De'Eric King that we knew prior to that injury? Because, and I'm hoping he is. You know, for one, you hate to see anybody get hurt and not be the same 
and not be able to produce at the level that they were prior to that injury. So everything starts with De'Ara King. How healthy is he? Is he the guy that we've grown to love over the last few years? And, you know, this is a unit that offensively they return non-starters. So this is an, is an experienced group. And not only non-starters, but their entire front line is back. So you, we all know that the game is won in the trenches. Everything starts with those, those hog mollies up front. So if you have a – not only a talented group up front, but a talented group who has chemistry together, who understand how to pass blocks off or, you know, just working together as a unit. This could be a very dangerous team. Will they be dangerous against Alabama and that nine defensive starters that Bama has returning? We don't know. But I think that's where, you know, you at least have to give Miami credit and maybe a plus up front just because of those guys who – are back for another year. They're all returning starters. They need to protect their prize jewel, their king, De'Aaron King, number one. Can he trust his legs? Does he feel not only comfortable from a physical standpoint, but what's his mental outlook? Because when you suffer a serious injury as an ACL tear, it's one thing to be ready and be cleared physically, but mentally, are you able to just play from natural instincts or are you thinking about every single step every single move because against this Bama D that's going to be leaps and bounds beyond what we saw last year you're going to have to just play and just let it go let it out let it flow out there because they're going to be sound they're going to be fundamentally disciplined as well like I mentioned Henry Toto comes over from Tennessee so he adds to what they even had last year so this Miami unit, they're going to have their hands full. But, uh, you know, they should be experienced enough to not take a huge butt whooping. But uh, at least up front, uh, over, overall in the entire game, that could be a different story. But at least up front from the offensive side of the ball, the front five should be well equipped to have a solid season. But we all know it all begins with this Alabama number one Crimson Tide team to start off on this Saturday. Now, the defense side of the ball for Miami, they returned five starters. but And you look, okay, five, that's not too bad. But they did lose Jalen Phillips, first-round DN, who went to Miami. Gregory Rousseau, another DN, first-rounder. He uh, went to the Houston Texans as well. And so there, that's two huge gaps to have, you know, pass rushers who are not there. So anytime you can create pass rush opportunities for any quarterback, especially somebody who's inexperienced, Bryce Young, we all know how highly touted he comes in. He hasn't made a start, but he's already making a million dollars off of his name, image, and likeness sales and agreements. And so, you know, you wonder about the pressure, not only from a physical standpoint from this Miami Hurricane defense, but the mental pressure of, man, I'm making a million dollars and I haven't even started a game yet, you know? So you do wonder on the flip side for Bryce Young, how will he handle that pressure? But this Miami defense I tell you for sure, if they're going to have a chance in this game, they're going to have to stop the run first. We mentioned Brian Robinson is going to be the lead guy. Trey Sanders figures to get some carries as well. But this rush defense last year gave up a total of 175 yards per game. They were ranked 67th, 67th overall in total defense. If you're ranked 67th 
and you're going against this Bama team. And, and, and that's where, like I said, it's a new offense for Bama. So it's not the same Bama that we were accustomed to seeing put up 50 points a game. So maybe this defense, and you expect them to be better, even though they lost those two pass rushers, this is a Manny Diaz-type defense. This is a guy who has had great success at Mississippi State, Texas, Temple. You know, briefly he was a head coach there before taking the Miami job. But this is a guy, this is his calling card, defense. So, and you, And this is the thing about that first game. You, got, you have multiple weeks, multiple months to get ready for this one game. And that's why Saban is a genius for scheduling this first game as a big game because no matter what, you know what, this what this game brings you so much momentum and opportunity to just seize the, the year from game one. You have a chance to put the world on notice, put the rest of the league on notice, and Saban has done that. And I know we talked about Bama. We talked about Miami. We talked about how Miami has to create some pressure on Bryce Young. They have to stop the run. They have to at least negate one of those dimensions. You can't let Bama run and throw the entire game, can you force them to become one-dimensional? And so Miami, they have a tall task in front of them, not only, like I said, facing Bama, who's had multiple weeks and multiple months to prepare, just as Miami has had that same opportunity against Alabama, but Nick Saban has not lost. He has not lost a season opener while the head while being the head coach at Alabama. He's 14-0. and And every game has been a victory by double digits. And every team that they beat that was ranked by an average of 23 points. So not only are they scheduling ranked opponents, Wisconsin, Michigan, Penn State, uh, Miami now, Florida State, not only are they scheduling ranked opponents to start the season off, but they're averaging a victory, margin of victory of 23 points when they play these teams. So it's one thing to play Bama at any point, in the regular season, but to start the year with them, when they have so much time to prepare for you, you are the beginning and the end pretty much for Bama. Look, that first game, like I said, they've never lost it. Uh, Saban's a genius for scheduling that game because it gives momentum throughout the rest of the year. But they know everything starts and ends with that one game. If you lose that and you haven't even touched SEC play yet, how much more pressure does that put on a Crimson Tide team that we nearly got to go undefeated the rest of the year to have a shot at another title? So this first game is make or break for both teams. And, you know, not saying it's the end-all be-all, but if you lose game one, and especially if you lose it in a convincing fashion, that's a huge obstacle to try to overcome the rest of the year. And, you know, I think it not only from, you know, the rankings and the voters and what they have to say, but just even from a mental standpoint, you know, if you don't, if you lay an egg that first week, you may start to question your own ability, your own uh, team's chemistry and talent level. Are we as good as we thought we were? Are we as good as this preseason ranking? Or is this just a joke? So, um, there's a lot riding on this first game, Alabama-Miami, Manny Diaz against Nick Saban. Nick Saban has never lost, as I mentioned, never lost a season opener. And when we close this show, I will close with my segment picks, who I think will win Bama-Miami. That's the first game at 2.30 on ABC. With that game being played in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the other game that has even more fanfare, even more anticipation on Saturday is Georgia and Clemson. And when we come back, 
for our second segment, I'll dive into Georgia Clemson. And like I mentioned, at the end of the show, I will give my picks on who I think will win between both of those two games. Stay tuned for more of this episode here on The Sweet Spot. Pinchapenny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like Big Green Eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinchapenny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Our phone, 334-671-POOL. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Care Animal Center is a local business partner of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. RLC Shirts is a family-owned and operated custom apparel and gift business. Providing custom printing and embroidery, RLC Shirts can help with no minimum order. Phone 334-899-4339 or online rlcshirts.com. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Penny Pool Patio, and Spa. As we continue this conversation of the two best games for this weekend, you heard me talk about Bama, Miami. Now it's time to talk about number five, Georgia, number three Clemson at the Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte at 6.30 on ABC. Georgia, offensively, they return seven starters. That's huge, seven starters. But the biggest thing that is for them is having their answer at quarterback. This time last year, we didn't know if it was going to be Dwan Mathis. Turned out he wasn't the guy. Stetson Bennett comes in for a short-lived run before he ran into that slaughterhouse at Alabama. He's not the guy. JT Daniels, one of the top recruits coming out of high school a couple years ago, went to USC, transferred to Georgia. It's no question that he is their quarterback for this season. Last year when he came on, his last four starts, he went 80 of 119, 10 touchdowns, 
two interceptions and 1,231 passing yards. Like this guy here is the real deal. Like I have full confidence in JT Daniels and, you know, maybe he's the best quarterback in the SEC. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the year. Like we're looking at JT Daniels as the number one guy as the Bulldogs. And they have their signal caller. And that's, you know, anytime Georgia has that guy, they always have a good year. I mean, Aaron Murray was my dude. I love Aaron Murray. Georgia was great when he was there. You know, Jake Fromm was solid. Of course, Matt Stafford. Stafford was one of the best to come through Georgia history. JT Daniels, I wouldn't be surprised when he's done playing his football in Athens that he goes down on that same list that I previously mentioned. So everything starts with JT Daniels. That's the biggest thing. I know last year there was talks that, you know, was Daniels cleared to play or was it his parents that wasn't allowing him to play? But we don't have to worry about that going into this 2021 football season. JT Daniels, the quarterback for the Bulldogs. He has his guy. You have Zamir White back for another season, leading a very talented backfield. Zamir White, James Cook, Kendall Milton, Kenny McIntosh. I mean, these guys are loaded. It's a, in Georgia, they, they're not foreign to having great backs in that backfield. So this is nothing new to us. But, uh, you know, I think having that rushing attack and having depth at that rushing attack as well as huge because we know running backs uh, at any level, especially in the conference of the SEC, the toughest and the best in college football, there's going to be some banged-up injuries. There's going to be some times where guys may need a blow, may need a breather, or they may get banged up to where they miss a game or two. Having that depth that Georgia has is such a huge advantage and on the flip side, Clemson doesn't necessarily have that same luxury. We'll talk about that when we dive into the Tigers. But staying with the Georgia Bulldogs, you look at receiver Kiaris Jackson is back. Jermaine Burton, the speedster from California, he's out there. Now, they won't have George Pickens. He tore his ACL in the spring, so he won't be out there for the Bulldogs. It looks like they're not going to have their talented tight end Darnell Washington either. So that's somewhat of a blow, but... When you have that rushing attack that I mentioned and you have a quarterback like JT Daniels who is going to find the open man and he's not going to force things. Like I said, he had 10 touchdowns and two interceptions last year. So that's a 5-1 to touchdown interception ratio. So he knows when to, you know, pull it down, find your check down, and live to see another day, live to see another down. So this is a guy that's going to take care of the ball. There's no issue with him having careless mistakes and careless interceptions. Because with me, my personal preference for quarterbacks, two things, be accurate and be smart in your decision-making. That's it. If you have a cannon for an arm, it's a plus. Great. But if you're accurate and you know where to place it and how to place it, and then you take care of the ball, you're not throwing in the double coverage, you're, you know how to read a cover two or a cover three, or you know how to read that pre-snap blitz, that's where great quarterbacks, that's what the great ones do. So offensively, Georgia, they're solid. Seven returning starters. On the defensive side of the ball, they have five five returning on the defensive side of the ball at the starters position. So you look at defensively, you, they lost a lot from that secondary. Richard LeCount is with the Browns. You lost Eric Stokes. He was a first-round pick by the Packers. Tyson Campbell is a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Linebacker Aziz Ojolari, he's gone. Monty Rice, he's gone. So their departures are pretty significant. And, you know, Georgia, they're always great 
recruiters. Kirby Smart knows how to build a team. He learned from the best at Nick Saban. So they're going to have that defense. The defense needs to step up, and they're going to have to you know, make plays early. As we know, they're starting with the Clemson Tigers. So Kobe Dean, uh, Jordan Davis, you got Lewis Seen at safety. That dude is a thumper out this world. You do not want to run across the middle against him. But Georgia, they're they're in good shape. They're in good shape. We'll see how good of a shape they're actually in as we get closer to that first game. And they're going against the Clemson Tigers. This is a th- these two teams were not you know foreign to each other. The last time they played each other was in 2014, where Georgia thumped them 45 to 21. But the prior year in 2013, Clemson won a nail biter 38 to 35. So these teams have played each other twice within the last eight years. But this Clemson team isn't necessarily necessarily the same Clemson team that we've seen in the last few years. Offensively, they only returned four starters. Trevor Lawrence, we know everything starts with him. He's been the guy that we've heard, you know, something about every single day in the last three years. He's now the number one pick, number one quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll see how he does in his first year in the NFL. So DJ Ua Angalale, the new quarterback who he got some minutes last year, got some time when Trevor Lawrence had to sit out with the whole COVID protocol. So Ua Angalale, this kid from California, is no stranger to preseason hype. He's no stranger to the press and the high expectations that's going to be asked of him and expected of him. This dude was number two overall in most recruiting rankings. Not just number two quarterback, but number two overall coming out of St. John Bosco High School in Bellflower, California. You know, he was ranked number one on a few sites. So this dude, his senior year, threw for 48 touchdowns, two interceptions. Those are like video game numbers. 48 touchdowns, two interceptions in one season, and he takes over for Trevor Lawrence. At the receiver position, you know, they lost Amari Rodgers, T. Martin's son, who, you know, was drafted by the Packers, a very versatile player in his recent years. He also returned punts for them as well. So receiver, they don't have Amari Rodgers. We know they lost T. Higgins a couple years ago. He's a member of the Bengals. But Justin Ross, Justin Ross, the kid from Phoenix City, Alabama, this guy had his kind of his breakout moment in the national championship against Bama a couple years ago as a freshman. Super talented, great size. He missed all of last season due to a congenital spine fusion, and he had surgery in June last year. He just now got received clearance a few weeks ago. So this is. Uh, their guy. This is the dude that's going to have to step up and make plays for them. Like I mentioned, no Trevor Lawrence, no Amari Rodgers, no Travis Etienne. The first round pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who was out out for the season, unfortunately, so we won't see him in a Jags uniform this year. We'll have to wait till 2022. But running backs, their running back position is something to be uh, kind of you know left desired. I mean, Lynn J. Dixon is their guy. He has been a backup the last few years behind ETN. ETN is not going to be easy to replace, and I'll talk about that here in a little bit. But Lynn J. Dixon being a backup, his best year was his sophomore year where he had 635 rushing yards, six touchdowns. He's the feature back now. It's him. And if it's not him, watch out for Will Shipley. Will Shipley, true freshman, enrolled in the spring uh, got a head start as far as freshman goes, being there in the spring, getting acclimated to what it's like to be a college student athlete. This guy at running back, Will Shipley, is speed beyond speed, as they say. This dude is expected to be a star. 
and maybe sooner than later. So if Lynn J. Dixon is not getting it done at the running back position, watch for Will Shipley. He's a guy who can make plays uh, through handoffs or just a screen pass. They say he is an all-purpose back. So this is a guy who will get those screen receptions, who they may line up out wide every now and then. He's a guy who has great speed and has good hands as well. Uh, This is something that Dabo Swinney had to say about Will Shipley, not only of his talent, but just who he is as a person and his mentality and how he backs down from zero challenges that's upon him. He's going to win every sprint. And if you can't run with him, too bad. You know, that's just his mindset. He's just a he's he's not a guy that's going to wait to senior year to be a leader. You know, he showed up here as a leader. And he's one of the most respected guys on this team already in, uh, since he got here in January. Just his work ethic. Just a tr- tremendous, tremendous work ethic. And just how he carries himself um, is uh, you know, unique for a freshman. So you heard it there from Dabo Swinney. Speaking of the person, the type of player that Will Shipley is. He's not going to lose any sprint. So this dude is fast. So watch out, Georgia. Watch out, defense, because you know they're going to play him. How much they play Shipley and what way do they play him? Does he Is he a returner for them? Are they? I'm sure they're going to utilize his skill set to the best of their uh, to the best of his abilities. And maybe, like I said, in the return game, maybe a way to just kind of get some a few touches. You know, when you have electric playmakers, hey, line them up at wide. You know, line them in the backfield. Line them up at returner and kick returner. You know, you're trying to do as many different things that you can to get that player the ball. I mean, I even think about. Eddie Jackson years ago, great safety for the Crimson Tide, currently with the Chicago Bears. You know, every time he touched the ball on the defensive side of the ball, whether it was a fumble or interception, it seemed like he returned it for six. So then Nick Saban's like, hey, let's put you at punt returner, get you a few more opportunities to touch the ball. And so when you have playmakers, guys who just seem to make that happen when they have the ball in their hands, you do everything you can to get them as many touches as possible in any given game. So Will Shipley, watch out for him. He may be the star running back sooner than later in Clemson, but Lynn J. Dixon, like I mentioned, 635 rushing yards is his career best, being behind Travis Etienne. Etienne had 70 rushing touchdowns in his career at Clemson. 70. Eight receiving touchdowns. This guy here, we know, it's like, you know, some guys are like, man, he's still at Clemson? or You know, obviously he's now in Jacksonville, but, you know, that's that's because of the impact that he made at such an early stage in his career. Hunter Renfro was is was notorious for that. It's like, man, he's still at Clemson? You know what? Where is he coming up on his 10th year of eligibility? You know, so Travis Etienne, I feel like replacing him is even bigger than losing Trevor Lawrence. You know, Clemson's had some solid quarterbacks. DJ Ua Ungalale, I believe, is going to be a solid QB for them. Like I mentioned the numbers, I mentioned his rankings, and you see, uh, if you get an opportunity to watch him play last year, you can see glimpses that he is going to be very good for the Tigers. But a guy like Travis Etienne, who was great in the return game, great in the receiving game, and a bell cow for the Tigers, like, he never quit. You know, he I know he had some fumbling issues that they said, you know, were concerns going into the NFL draft. But this dude is a baller. He made plays beyond plays. So I really believe it's more concerning uh, losing ETN 
then it was losing Trevor Lawrence. So will Clemson be able to find some balance in their rushing attack and not have to throw it a lot? you got to be able to have some balance, especially against this Georgia defense that we expect to be sound as any Kirby Smart defense is expected to be. Um, So Clemson, offensively, they're going to have to find some balance, and it starts with their running game. It starts with that rushing attack. Will they be able to make something happen? Will they be able to find a guy? Who is that guy? They don't know yet. They think it's Dixon. They think maybe it could be Shipley. We shall surely find out Saturday at 6.30 on ABC as the Clemson Tigers take on the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, the defensive side of the ball for the Tigers, they have nine returning starters, including every member in the secondary, which is huge, as we know. Nine starters out of 11. You know, now you have your secondary who is – they had that chemistry together. They know exactly where to be. This is obviously a talented group, as any Clemson secondary normally is. And then you look at the linebackers with, you know, the the Bruce brothers, as they call them, James Skowski, Balen Specter. Uh, you know, Skowski has a a negative reputation from his targeting shots that he's had the last couple of years. He's trying to erase that and have a plus next to his name instead of the boneheaded hits that he's had over the last couple of years, which resulted in ejection. So James Skowski, Balin Specter leads that linebacker core. Brian Breesey up front, watch for him. Uh, Clemson, he was one of the top players coming out of high school a couple of years ago as well. You know, the Tigers are going to be similar to what Bama had. You know, like I mentioned, Bama had three offensive starters returning, nine defensively. Here it is. Clemson has four returning offensively, and then they have nine starters on the defensive side of the ball coming back. So watch for that defense to be sound and much better than they were last year. Uh, Nolan Turner, another guy in that secondary who has been there a few years, you know, he doesn't stand out athletic-wise, but he is just a guy who knows where to be in every phase of the game, and he makes very few boneheaded decisions in that back end, which what you really need from your safeties being the line last line of defense for the Tigers. So the Bruce brothers, Balen Specter, James Skowski, spearheading this Clemson defense. What was going to happen Saturday night? This is obviously the most anticipated game of this week. When we come back, I'm going to share my picks, who I think will win both of these games. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Sweet Spot. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Care Animal Center is a local business partner at The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. 
member SIPC. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan, or phone 334-671-POOL. Welcome back to the sweet spot as we close with Triple C, Corey's closing comments. As I share my picks for those two games we've talked about during this entire episode, starting out at 2.30 on ABC in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, number one Alabama, number 14 Miami. For Alabama, Bryce can't be young and restless. So Bryce, this dude here obviously has been the talk of the town already making a million dollars on his name, image, and likeness. But he has to settle down early, and I expect offensive coordinator play caller Bill O'Brien to do just that. You're going to see some runs with, with, with Brian Robinson. You're going to see some easy passes, maybe a screen play here and there, just to kind of get Bryce Young to settle down. Uh, get him into a rhythm before they really open up the playbook. So I, I expect Bill O'Brien to m- simplify the game for Bryce early on in this matchup against the Hurricanes. So Bryce, he can't be young and restless. He has to settle down, let the game come to him. Don't try to do too much. Just take what the defense is giving you and live to see another down. Don't risk it all in uh, unnecessary fashion where Nick Saban's chewing your ear off. So Play your game, relax, don't try to do it all at once. Just let the game come to you, and then you can eat, 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 eat more as the game goes on. For Miami, don't hurry Canes. And that's specifically for De'Eric King. We talked about his knee injury. Don't be so quick to leave the pocket just when you feel some pressure i mean he is a mobile guy anyway but you know with the knee injury he doesn't doesn't want to get hit on that knee again you know so this is an opportunity for him to let the game come to him as well just as i mentioned with bryce young don't hurry you know play your game trust the procedure and the process that you've been through rehabbing yeah it's a huge challenge going against this awesome defense that's going to be one of the best in the country in the crimson tide but he can't hurry. He cannot hurry. And even offensively, they can't hurry. They have to make sure, even if they get down by two scores early, play your game. That's a long way to go. Uh, so don't hurry, Canes. Especially, specifically speaking to De'Eric King. Let the game come to you. Trust the process. Trust the rehab and the work that you put in to get back to a high level. I got Bama winning that game by at least three touchdowns. I'm not going to give a score. It's hard to kind of give a score when you haven't seen any team play. But I'm going to Bama to win. I know they've been projected to cover 18 and a half is the, is the spread. I'm going Bama to cover that spread. Like I said, this is a Nick Saban team that has never, or Nick Saban program, I should say, that's never lost a season opener with him being the head coach in Tuscaloosa. And I don't expect them to lose this year either to this Miami Hurricanes team. And I think usually, you know, we see in the third quarter, that's the make or break quarter. You either let a team get back in it or you put your foot to the pedal and put them away for good. 
I expect us to see just that in the late third, early fourth, where Bama has full control in the game. And I say they do cover. I'm not really great at spreads, but I'm going Bama to win by at least three touchdowns. They've averaged 23 points in the margin of victory in their season openers against ranked teams under Nick Saban. Now for Clemson, Georgia, for the Tigers, to have fun, you must figure out the run. And that's offensively and defensively. We talked about not having ETN. That's a huge blow. Who is that guy? Is it Lynn J. Dixon? Is it Will Shipley, the new incoming highly touted freshman? They have to figure out some running game. You don't want DJ Ua Ungalale to throw the ball 40 times against his Georgia defense. You want to have some balance. You want to have some successful attempts throughout the game in the rushing attack. So for the Tigers to have fun, You must figure out the run, and that's defensively too. I talked about the backfield that Georgia has. Zamir White, James Cook, Kendall Milton, Kenny McIntosh. This is a group that is a nasty group, and it's not many teams that have the talent and depth that this Bulldogs team has. So they're going to have to stop the run and not just let the Bulldogs gash them up and down the field because if you can't stop them, they'll continue to do just that and you won't see JT Daniels be much of a factor. So they're going to have to stop that Bulldogs rushing attack in the Bank of America in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, for the Georgia Bulldogs, they can't get beat deep. This is a brand-new secondary for the most part. No Eric Stokes, no Tyson Campbell. Tyke Smith, one of the top recruits, he's not going to play, it seems like. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson, another defensive back, he transferred back home to Miami. He He's there for the Canes. He's no longer a Georgia Bulldog. So DJ Uwa they're going to take shots. They're going to throw and, and be, be prepared if they do it early just to test that new secondary that the Bulldogs have. So they're going to have to make sure they keep the opposing team, keep the Tigers receivers, keep Justin Ross in front of you. Don't let them get past you because Ua Angelale and his arm strength, they're going to take plenty of opportunities, shots down the field to make something big happen and get some chunk plays down the field throughout the game come Saturday night. Now I expect this game to be much closer. Georgia Clemson, I picked Bama to win by at least three touchdowns. Georgia Clemson, if I had to pick a team, I'm going to go Georgia, and I'm going to say Georgia wins by 10. I I won't be shocked if Georgia loses, but I'm riding with Georgia in that running game. And, you know, Lewis Seen, Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, JT Daniels is a very solid quarterback. And I expect him maybe to have the best game overall if it comes to the between the two QBs, Ua Angelale and JT Daniels. I, I trust JT Daniels to make the right play, to make the right read, to not put his team in a position to to fail. I believe he's going to put the team in a position to succeed more than anything. So I'm going Georgia to win by 10, Bama to win by at least three touchdowns. Could be more, but I do have them covering those two games. What a way to kick off not only kind of the real college football full season week but labor day weekend as well so if you're traveling be safe out there uh be careful you know i'm gonna be 
home with the family in Madison, Alabama. We're going to be firing up the grill and, you know, I got some fantasy football drafts to take care of, too. So you guys be safe. Have a great Labor Day weekend. And always remember, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot.